each of you here is infinitely beautiful. Each one of you is a manifestation of the Supreme Being. Do you realize that? We come together in order to realize that and to recognize one another as an equally beautiful manifestation of the one self who appears as every possible permutation and variation of the infinite potentiality that God is. And so each of us is completely different and yet under all of those layers of differences we are the same. And it's easier to see the sameness rather than the differences when we sit together in silence. Because words get in the way, don't they? Words are actually a barrier to communication. They don't facilitate it. They often prevent it. But when we are sitting in silence, we are in holy communion with the self within that is recognized as being reflected as the entire manifest cosmos. And so, there is nothing to do, just to be. But the problem is that we have lost touch with our being. And over this infinitely beautiful essence, we have placed a mask. Probably a number of masks, one behind the other. Masks that first were put on us by other people, parents and family and teachers, and society as a whole. So many, many different masks adapted for many different social situations. But unfortunately, we have been wearing those masks for so long, we forgot who it is who's under them all. And we're afraid of taking them all off for fear that there's nothing there. And in a way that's true, there's nothing there. But that nothingness is the space that contains all.
and that understands all and that is one with all. This is a dream and you are the dreamer. And so everyone you meet in the dream is an aspect of yourself. And so each of us here are reflections of different facets of our own self. And therefore, if there is someone you have a very negative reaction to, it is no doubt reflecting a facet of the self that is not yet loved, not yet accepted. And if there is someone you have a very positive, desirous feeling for, it is also some very beautiful aspect of yourself that you have not yet owned. And if there is someone that creates fear, it is no doubt because of a part of oneself that one fears. And so by coming together as a community, we discover all those aspects of the inner shadow that we can't find because it's repressed. But our unconscious turns out to be the world itself. And so it's not hidden at all. And the reason people don't want to make a commitment to be in a community is they know they will have to meet their own unconscious. In the same way that if you are a couple having a child, that child will be your unconscious. Which is why the relations of parents and children are not always that loving and happy. Because whatever shadow that we have projected into those children will come back to bite us. And we will always project into the ones we love the most and are closest to that which we hate the most in ourselves because we know they're willing to hold it for us. And so the contracts that we make with each other tend to be such that the relationships become toxic waste dumps. And therefore we must learn to purify the toxicity of those feelings and transform them back into the divine love that they all originally are, but have been contaminated by illusions, by ignorance, by negativity that has no truth to it. And it is this processing of the negative illusions of maya that is the spiritual work, the sadhana. But all of that sadhana can be done very easily and very quickly if we are simply willing to throw the entire ego into the sacred fire, which is the ultimate toxic waste. God will take it all and dissolve the toxicity and turn it back into divine love and give it back to you. 
and you will receive it back as shakti, empowerment, divine force, divine intelligence, wisdom, divine love, that you will then be able to share with all of those for whom you could not feel or express love before. But to whatever extent you could not feel or express love, it was because of some lack of loving yourself. And so when we come together in a spiritual community, we're doing it in order to learn unconditional love for the self. Not the individual self, but the one self. Someone asked a question apparently on our website of why does God want to be worshipped? Is he that insecure? <laughs> well, if you realize that God is yourself, then the answer is yes. And your worship will relieve yourself of the insecurity that you have so that you can realize the God-self that is absolutely free of insecurity. <coughs> the worship of God is not the worship of an other, it is the worship of the self. But not the ego self that is limited, the cosmic self of which each of us is a microcosm. And the microcosm is equivalent to the macrocosm. Atman is Brahman. This formula, I and the Father are one, you will find in every spiritual tradition. But in order to realize the truth of that, we must disidentify from the physical organism. I am not the body. And I am not the mind that thinks in language because language is embedded in duality and there is always an other. And it is that otherness that we must be purified of because you cannot love another. You only love the self. And that's why when people think they love another, it's really that they've projected a part of themselves into the other and they're loving that fantasy that the other is that. But behind that fantasy is the truth that the other is the self. And when we reach that level of truth, then we're in love with everyone and everything because all are parts of ourself. And so in meditation, to be liberated from the ego is really very easy. But because one thinks... How can I be free of myself? One thinks it's impossible. And it's true that the self you're trying to be free of, if you identify with it, it can't be done. It becomes an impossibility. But if you realize that the I is only being freed from a me, a mask, one mask after another after another, and underneath that, the final mask of the I itself, which is, in a way, language, 
the concept that there is an I, when that also is thrown into the sacred fire, when there is no I, that no I is the real I. And that's why in meditation we sit in silence for a long enough period that we can reach the no I. And when we reach that, we will know it because a divine energy, it's often called nectar, amrit, it's a, a truly inebriating, almost fluid energy, will begin to fill your mind and fill even the body, fill the energy space, fill the world with divine energy that will expand your consciousness to infinity. It is this bliss that has drawn yogis to the meditative process for thousands of years. And anyone who has even once tasted the bliss of this divine nectar will never have to be forced to sit and meditate. And will never fall asleep in meditation. And will never have a chattering mind because the bliss is so wonderful that you want to go straight for it and bring it into your field of awareness as soon as possible. And drink as much as possible. This is the only area where greed is allowed in yoga. Drink in the divine nectar until you are so drunk with love that you will never come out of that drunken state. That's when life begins. Until that time, you are being lived by a false self, an ego that's more robotic than real, that acts according to its conditionings and responds to fears and desires based on mirages and based on masks and based on the demands of other people telling you who you should be and what you should do and all of that. And the only time that freedom comes is when you realize the true self that you only realize in that moment of absolute drunken bliss. And so we're all here together to become drunk. This is the greatest bar in Costa Rica. Bar none. And your brain does produce psychedelic chemicals. But this bliss is beyond that. This is a bliss that comes from a source that is absolutely transcendent of the physical or the chemical dimension. But it will have its effects on those dimensions. And the attainment of this joy comes out of one's love for God, for the ultimate self, for the ultimate freedom from selfishness, narcissism, egocentricity, all of those negative feelings, jealousy, envy, anxiety, depression, all of these attributes of the ego that are embedded in the ego, 
because it is a false self and therefore lacks truth, lacks essence. But when we reach the essence, which is the nectar, then the natural love flows from our heart. And once that flow gushes out, it cannot be stopped. when enough of us are gushing that divine love into the world this planet will be transformed into a heaven on earth there is nothing more powerful than this energy of love because it will unite us all into a single super organism acting with unity and goodness and generosity and empowerment and we will be able to work miracles of restoration of planetary life so as we meditate know that the act that we are performing is not a selfish act it is an act that dissolves the individual selfish self the ego into the cosmic, infinite self that is pure giving, pure love, pure life. And we become part of that ocean of generous, loving existence. And the bliss that emerges from us is transmitted instantly to all beings in the world. So let's sit in meditation now. Enter into the silence and invoke the presence of the divine nectar. 